Welcome to the 10 and 2 podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Catlin. And we're here every day talking watches, photography, and adventure. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because I expected you to say every week and I was going to call. I oh, was did just going to be a smart ass about it anyways and be like, well, not really. But then you were like, we're here every day. Did I say every day? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly not here every day or every week or every month, but we're here talking watches, that photography. Is, that intro is like so ingrained in me because <laughs> I said it for so long. Like I just like straight up just started saying it. I hadn't said it in months. We're back, y'all. We are back. We're so excited to be back. I know. It's been a while. It has. How have you been? I've been really good. Yeah. How about you? You. I've been good too. Yeah. We both been great. Life has been great. Busy. <laughs> it, life has been very busy, which is why you haven't heard from us. Yeah. But it's been great. And we appreciate all the support. Like, I yeah. feel like people have been much less, you know, in our DMs. Attacky. They've been <laughs> Request, much less attacky. Requesting us. episodes immediately. Um, we appreciate the the patience and the support, yes. you know, in every aspect of our lives. Well, I think since so. the last episode, we kind of told everybody what was going on. I think uh, our listeners know a little bit more yeah. of what we're doing now. And we are. We're just really busy. And it sucks because we loved recording a podcast and we wish that we could come and do this every week. But, you know, we we have personal lives and, and we have our work lives and work has been, you know. Yeah pretty taxing as of late but in a good way because we love our, we, way, yeah. we love our jobs at the end of the day we really love our jobs we love what we're doing and um you know our goal is just to give you guys a little you know sneak peek or or tidbit i, I don't even know what you call it a podcast every once in a while basically <laughs> a snack a snack a snack a it's not snack. a full meal but it's a snack and um <laughs> It's going to be my favorite description of our podcast ever. We're a snack. Okay. Yeah, but you know, hey, we're here. We're recording. It's a good day. We haven't seen each day. other in a while. I know. We got to hang. I know. That's the other thing. Y'all want episodes. I just want to hang out with my I friends. So. Well, we had an exciting week, so let's talk. We yes. had Nicholas from Fears was in oh town. Oh my gosh, yes. We got to see him. Uh, it was so much fun. Fun. It made my heart so happy. He's become such a good friend to both of us over yes. the years. Our very first guest on the podcast we've ever had. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back because he has like phenomenal history. Mm-hmm. Uh, His story is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Him as a person, like the they, brand is super cool. Yeah, uh, we're huge fans. I've, I've I actually have a uh, customized watch I'm working on. Yeah. That, Super secretive, but I'm excited to show you guys that. Well, maybe and later that was the, the, the watch that we decided to celebrate the first year of our yeah. podcast with. Yeah. It was really sentimental to us and that whole like art connection with him. And um, I took him back. We we had hot chicken again the, yeah. the next day, which was is it? always so fun watching yeah. him. Like he's so formal British. Yeah. So I feel like watching. It's very elegant. Yes. And then like we're just tearing into hot chicken yeah. and mac and cheese. Awesome. Yes. We had such a good time with him and yes. um, we're sad, sad, very sad to see him go. Hopefully next time we'll get to see him for a little bit longer. Yes. Maybe, maybe we'll go see him. How that's, about that? that's the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan. 
Hopefully um, COVID 2.0 doesn't break out or something. COVID 18.0. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but we also got to spend some time with somebody else who was really cool. We got to spend some time with Abington. Oh, yeah. Um, from Abington Watch Company. Yep. A few weeks um, back. Yep, which was a really neat experience. Um, so Abington is surprise, our guest for today's show, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you guys have already guessed based off of the title <laughs> the of the title podcast. Of- <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, the Abington is a, is just a phenomenal person. And one of those people, I mean, similarly to Nicholas, that you can just talk to for forever. Just gen- really genuine, really upbeat, happy, um, has an amazing story and and is so inspiring and empowering Mm -hmm. um, to women. And I think that it's something that we, you know, we were both very amazed by our experience with her in just a very short time period. We could all use a little bit more of in this industry right now. And definitely we're just, we're just blown away by her story and, and what she's done and her crew members. I mean, she probably has the most badass people wearing her watches that are yep. out there. I mean, these women are amazing. Um, you know, check out her Instagram page. Go go look and, and see the people that are wearing her watches because they're just... <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel like I need to do more. I mean, these women are just... They're so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I said awesome again. You, I, I say awesome a lot. So fun times. If you want a great drinking game... <laughs> Take a sip every time you hear Kat say awesome. <laughs> Apparently, I know no other words tonight it's besides funny. awesome. Um, but we hope you enjoyed the episode. And um, yeah, we'll be back soon. We'll, you know, wind up's coming up. We're both going to be there in San Francisco. Woo-hoo. If you're around, please yes. come out and some say hi to us. Catlin's going to be working there with Norcane. I will be there just having fun and chit chatting with everybody. But yeah, come say hi and we look forward to seeing you. And um Yeah, cannot wait. We'll do an episode after the the show and we'll we'll catch up and tell you guys how it went. Yeah. Sounds good. Y'all enjoy today's episode and we'll chat soon. Hi, Avignon. Welcome to our show. We are incredibly happy to have you on. So we have just been jonesing to have you on the show since you were in Nashville. Oh my gosh, was that like a month ago now? Was it? few weeks ago I think so. what is time yeah, March. <laughs> yeah. what is time what is, is that time? what you said I don't know <laughs> I don't know it's gonna be that kind of podcast huh <laughs> yeah so for our listeners we were able to go to the I'm probably gonna butcher the name it was the women's aviation conference is that right mm-hmm. yeah women and, in aviation conference is what they call it cool and and Abingdon invited us to come down and it was uh it was held here in the Opperland hotel and I gotta say it was an experience yes it was so freaking cool. Yeah. And I was so bummed that I had to leave early, um, had to get back to work. But I mean, I don't think I've seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, Abigna, do you want to kind of give a little bit of background on that? And then we can kind of go into you and your brand. Sure. Um, I am smiling ear to ear. That you have such a great <laughs> experience. So, um, but yeah, the Women in Aviation Conference, it happens every March. And it's a floating show in that this year it was in Nashville. Next year, it's going to be in Long Beach. It's been in Texas and Florida and all over the country. And it's an international conference where 5,000 people, give or take, come together in the aviation industry. And it is primarily females in the aviation industry that attend. So we're talking about pilots and astronauts and military and flight attendants and uh, mechanics and just you name it anything that makes an airplane go 
uh, all of those jobs, they all come together. And there's great keynote speakers, um, authors that have released books. Uh, they come and they do authors tables. They're, the FAA is there trying to make people pass out in the hyperbaric chamber, <laughs> uh, which Quite I showed you guys. by the way. That was, like, <laughs> that was a real thing. That was a real thing. Airlines are recruiting for jobs. Universities are there recruiting for students. Uh, your um, favorite aviation watch company for women is also there. So we were there selling our watches. And it's just a really nice means for everybody in the industry to come together and help each other out, network, yeah. and just see what you can do. Well, it's it's funny that you say help each other out because I think one thing that I noticed being there was... Honestly, the energy from yes. everybody, it was so uplifting. And like, we didn't talk to a ton of people besides you, but like, I could just like feel it in the air. Everyone had a smile on their face. Everyone was just like ready to say hi and give you a hug. And just like, it was just so nice. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe because it's like, I haven't been in a lot of places since COVID, but it just, it had a great atmosphere and, and vibe. And I, I loved it. You definitely hit the nail on the head. That's <laughs> like, I go to a lot of these conferences. This one, I always look forward to because of that energy. I mean, we were having breakfast before we went into the show mm -hmm. and um, somebody just came up and just complimented and said, hello. And how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. It just, it felt, it felt really good being there. And I think that Maybe it was because it was a lot of badass women and women are awesome. <laughs> we kind of rock. So. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But we thank you so much for inviting us. Um, I, you know, I'd love to come back and, and explore more. And, and unfortunately, we didn't get to hang out too long. But yeah, it was just it was an incredible experience. And I think just it was very empowering to see so many women in, you know, held in such high regard, pilots and mechanics and women that you don't often see doing these things you don't see them behind behind the scenes right and um mm -hmm. it was just awesome it was so awesome definitely i completely agree but so before we we jump we've got questions for you too but let's um let's give our listeners that aren't familiar with you and your brand a little bit of uh just a backstory on when you started and what inspired you to start a watch brand? Sure. Um, so I am a pilot and uh I learned how to fly in two thousand six. Uh, I got my pilot certificate in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica airport. Always wanted to be a pilot ever since I was 14 years old and I heard about it in high school. And after I got my private pilot certificate, I wanted to gift myself with an aviation watch. Um, however, back in 2006, they didn't make anything that was for smaller sized wrists. Um, the watches that are available, uh, the traditional aviator style watches, um, that some of the big brands make are stunning, but they look like a grandfather's clock hanging <laughs> off my wrist. I'm five foot six and I'm a pretty they tiny person. Still do. So. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I mean, for good reason, and then mm -hmm. they do have to be legible. You know, you have to have that slide roll, that rotating inner chapter ring or inner bezel. Um, you got to be able to read it. So it does have to be a bigger case size. I understand that. Um, but you can make it 40 millimeter. Mm -hmm. You could probably even make it 38 millimeter and it'd still be, if you do it right, be readable. Mm -hmm. So at the time they hadn't made anything and I kind of had given up looking for a good pilot's watch. And uh, it wasn't until a couple months later, I was sitting at a dinner with um, a group called the 99s. The 99s is the oldest women's aviation group. In fact, I think it might actually be the oldest aviation group, period. 
It was started back in the day with Amelia Earhart in 98 other wow. women. That's why they call themselves the 99s. And um, yeah, and uh, I'm there at the Christmas dinner for my local chapter. And we were all talking about what we wanted for Christmas. And one woman said, you know, I've always wanted a pilot's lunch, but they'll just never make anything for women. We're only 7% of the industry. We're not a big market. Nobody's going to ever take notice of us. And I was like, huh, I had that thought just a few months ago. That's interesting that you say that. But has anybody found anything like that? And everybody that was there, probably 30, 40 women, were like, oh, no, no, we don't even look. Like, it's not even a thing. And I was like, well, I wanted one. And you guys all looked for one. Like, why don't we make one? (laughs) So... That was how it started. That's how the idea came about. Wow. And um, at that Christmas dinner, I, I'm a very big deadline person. I was in college. It was how I got through pilot training. Just I have to set a deadline and then I'll just put the blinders on and go. Mm-hmm. So I set the deadline for November 3rd, 2007 to launch a watch company. And I figured it out in 11 months and I launched Abington Watches. That's crazy. That's so insane. And so you talked about, you know, wanting to to purchase a watch for, to celebrate becoming a pilot. Did that come from, where did the inspiration to get a watch? Because like, until I was into watches, I never thought to go and buy a watch right, to, celebrate to celebrate something. Anything. Unless it was like, you had that in your family. I know you you may have seen a parent do that or were, did, did you have any sort of history or anything like that? No, not at all. In fact, I didn't even wear a watch like period wow so um but when you do flight training and anybody who has been through a private pilot course uh, they're constantly looking up at their flight instructor for uh just how how do i be a safe pilot how do i be the right pilot how do i make sure that i'm well prepared when i'm in the flight deck mm-hmm. and uh there's three things that every good pilot has and that is a good pair of sunglasses you want to protect your eyes uh, a good headset you want to protect your ears and then a watch, a good watch. And um, even when you get to some of the higher levels of flight training, it is required to have a ticking second hand as part of your instrument panel. Well, if for any reason, Lord forbid, that went out during a flight, um, then having a ticking second hand on your wrist is a great backup. And the slide rule that's on the aviator style watches that are out there are like a backup to your instruments and your flight deck. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, in the past when I've when I've thought of pilot watches, you know, obviously the the GMT comes to mind first, where mm-hmm. you know they want to keep track of home time, this time, right? And but there's like there's so much more to it. They than actually that. have a function. They're not well, just yes. like for yeah. No, I thought the same thing. I thought because when I think of pilot watches, I always think of GMT. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like mm-hmm. I just do. I never think of just like a even just a simple three hand a watch, which obviously there are. You know, we know. Brands like IWC make them all the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I never really thought about the fact that there's a functionality. And I should think about that because I know like the whole history with the Speedmaster, like it mm-hmm. was like meant to be a backup for yeah. the computer. I learned something yep. today. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and how handy would a GMT have been in our case? Because here I am calling in from Las Vegas and you guys are in Central Time in Nashville. We could have, I mean, it's only a two hour difference. But a lot of our meetings that I set here from the company, we always set them in GMT because we're working with other people in other time zones. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of neat to be able to have that one universal time, yeah. UTC as it's also called, mm-hmm. um, is, is just to have that GMT function. So yes, that's a completely 
like robust pilots watch any watch that has GMT, you could definitely use in, the, in flying. Um, but you can also use your watch for time, speed and distance calcs or fuel consumption. Yeah. Or if I'm ferrying an airplane to Asia, which I often do, sometimes the places that I go have everything in liters instead of gallons. So I have to do that conversion. And it's just oh, nice wow. to have it right there on your watch yeah. and be able to do that. Super helpful when you're traveling. I'd be googling everything. <laughs> Super like. helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so lost. Yeah, that's crazy. And and you know we we were blessed to see a lot of your um a lot of your pieces and and you have everything from you know you have dive watches and you have you know pilot watches and you cover so much. Can you go into depth a little bit more on some of the you know type of watches that you offer? Sure. Well, as you can imagine, a woman who flies and you saw the energy and all the different um, types of women that were there from the military to students to professionals, these women are very Mm go-getter. So when I started making the pilot watches, I quickly found out that many of these women scuba dive. They ride motorcycles. Mm -hmm. They um, are in marathons and triathletes and they're serving in the military or they're just recently out. They're in helicopters. They're traveling constantly. They're just very, very go-getter women. So I was starting to get requests like, oh, when are you going to come out with a dive watch? Or can I take this diving? And though everything in the line, we've got eight styles that, or I should say eight models that come in 37 styles, depending on the case, color, um, dial color, strap option. Um, But out of that, the bare water resistance, minimum water resistance is 165 feet. And I wouldn't necessarily go diving with a watch that had a 5 ATM. Mm -hmm. I would go with something that was maybe a 10 ATM or a 20 ATM. So I'm getting these requests from these people that are pilots and divers or, you know, that type of thing. And so I was like, okay, well, what do you want in a dive watch? Like, why don't you you have a dive watch somewhere else? Right. And they're like, yeah, but the ones that they make for women have batteries in them. I don't want a battery operated dive watch. Can you make one that's automatic that would fit my wrist? Mm -hmm. And can you not make it in just purple and pink? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I could do that. That's yeah, absolutely. Go figure, huh? (laughs) Go figure. There's more colors of the rainbow that we like. (laughs) So so that's how we started to get into dive watches. And then from there it progressed. We came out with our first automotive watch, the Jordan. Um, we've done collaborations with um, some some pretty heavy hitters in the aviation, automotive, and dive space. Uh, the president of Girls at Scuba, the largest dive community in the world, um, she wears one of our watches. Wow. Uh, captain Kate McHugh from TikTok, she's the celebrity cruise uh, captain. Mm-hmm. She wears one of our watches, and so mm-hmm. it's it's neat. We don't have your traditional ambassadors of the brand. We have women that are well known in their tactical field. That's so and awesome. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that to me is the best kind of people to represent your brand, right? The people that are actually out there doing stuff and not mm-hmm. not just some celebrity that's wearing it for five minutes for a commercial <laughs> or an ad. Um, yeah, and you're not paying them to wear it; they're wearing it because that's what they want. And um, yeah. what better way they to you them. know? Yeah, exactly. What better way mm-hmm. to represent your brand than that? No, that's exactly. That's incredibly awesome, and and we've seen some of the women that are there wearing your watches, and they're just they're badass women. Like, yeah, 
I love your your mottos and your slogans. And I meant to grab some stickers when I was there and I didn't. <laughs> I got so you. Cool. I'll send you awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's so cool. It's such an empowerment thing. And I, I'd love to go into also and let our listeners know about like the names behind the models, the Jane, the Nadia. Um, you know, I, I love for them to hear a little bit more about that as well. Well, as I got into washes and really doing some of my research when I was first starting the brand, I was noticing how people or how brands were naming washes and it just didn't really resonate with me. It didn't quite make sense to me. And I didn't know how I was going to keep things straight if I started using alphanumeric letters, you know, TMI 05 SK 10 or whatever it was. <laughs> so I was like, ah, let's do something a little bit simpler. I'm all about the KISS principle. So keep it simple, stupid. And <laughs> when we started making, we came out with the first two watches, which is Jackie and Amelia. And I designed those. I actually wanted one watch that had everything in it. And it was just impossible. So what I wanted was a GMT with a stopwatch and a flight computer all in one. And I mean, that watch would have been massive if I was able to find a movement that was able to go down into a 40 millimeter case, because that was going to be my kind of highest or largest case that I wanted to use case size and it just didn't exist so going back to the manufacturers I was like all right can we split up some of the functions what functions can we split up and they were like well we can make one that's a GMT and we can do one that's a stopwatch and I was like all right fine we'll do that so Jackie is the stopwatch Amelia is the GMT both of them have a flight computer and with all of the preceding watches afterwards we did it the same way we build the watch first and then we look at it and we say okay what does it look like and when you look at the Amelia and you see that GMT you see the flight computer it's a very everyday looking watch like it's almost like your best friend it's somebody that you're used to it's your sister it's um just like your sidekick mm-hmm. so that name Amelia is a very it's it's a non-threatening name it's not a very flashy name it's like it's your your trusted sturdy second lieutenant you know mm-hmm. and then you take the name Jackie, well, that had has a pearl dial on it. It's got 64 Swarovski crystals around the bezel. It's slightly bigger than a 40 millimeter. It's a 41.5 because of the um, stones around the bezel. And it's an it's a very blingy watch, it's very flashy. And the name Jackie is a bit more flashy. People are thinking mm-hmm. Jackie O or Jackie Cochran or, you know, Jackie is just kind of more of a bit more of a statement name and yeah. statement personality. So that's how we ended up continuing that trend with all eight styles. You've got Elise, you've got Marina, Nadia, Jane, Catherine, Jordan, and I hope I didn't miss any of them or else we'll get mad at <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think that was it. But yeah, that's that's basically how we do it. That's so cool. I, I, I think, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with like, they have a personality. Yeah. And you can look at the mm-hmm. watch and you can see that personality come through with that name. And it honestly just kind of sticks in your head too. Like you, you remember it. It isn't just numbers, you know, there's more than just numbers put into this watch. And um, as a brand owner, I'm sure they're kind of like your kids. They're like, you created them and, and it's special. It's even more special. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. That is incredible. And it's, it's neat too, when the crew members or our customers, when they send their watch in for like a service or, you know, something happens and we've had, some really, really hard beatings done on these watches because of the type of women that wear them. You know, mm-hmm. I, our watch repair team is like, what the heck? Like, we don't get 
how these watches are coming in like this. And I'm like, you do know who our customers are, right? Like, they're really hardcore. And they'll say things like, oh, I can't wait to have her back. You know, they're giving mm-hmm. that same type of identity to their watch, which I think is really neat because a lot for a lot of these women, this is their first good quality watch they didn't just go buy it like a walmart or you know some something to just slap on their wrist until the battery dies and then they throw it away and get a new one this Mm -hmm. is like the first investment time piece that they've spent money on Mm -hmm. so i'm loving the fact that they're starting to collect watches but i might be their first yeah big piece and they have that that identity with it that they're just like oh yeah this is my friend this is somebody that i keep with me i can't leave the house without her it's a it's a really neat feeling because I do the same thing with mine. Yeah, and um, and we so become attached. Like, I'm glad I'm we do. We, we Callan, Callan is actually yeah. really Maybe. attached to her. I yeah. Updates. I've gotten rid of a few. So. <laughs> the attachment has it's gone to an extent. But so so you have said, you ever had a conversation with one before you got rid of it? Like listen. Lady. You know, it's been a good time. I have We've enjoyed each other. I kept waiting. She's, <laughs> she's too pretty to let go of. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was there was some sadness. It's all right. So, everything happens for a reason, right? It's like a relationship. Exactly. You got to let it go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so back to, back to actual watches that, that are currently relevant and not old watches that we've gotten rid of. So you said something, and this was something that I think Kat and I really got to experience in person. And when we met you, when we were at the the uh, the Women in Aviation Conference, you call your customers crew members. And when we were there, it really is. First of all, I think any brand that really truly interacts with their their customer base is is doing so well right now. And you see that a lot with smaller brands. You see a lot of you know more one on one interaction, more interaction on social media, things like that. But actually being able to see it in person the way that we were able to and see your your crew members come up to you. They're so proud of their watches. And, you know, I think at that point you had somebody who bought their fourth or fifth uh, mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. and she was just yep. she was glowing, absolutely excited. And everybody that came up to you was just super happy, super excited about the watches. You knew everybody who wore an Abington watch, mm-hmm. which is amazing because I don't remember like half the people I've ever sold watches to in my history. Um, so so why do you call them crew members? And like what kind of how how did you develop this sort of almost like a culture around your brand? Well in aviation you have your crew mm-hmm. and uh, everybody does their job and everybody backs each other up and we're all mission focused. So the mission of the of the brand here is to empower women and we build watches for women who do more. And we're constantly trying to help with the scholarships that we do through our foundation and um, the opportunities and just networking people. I mean, that, the neat thing, and you guys know this about a watch is it's not just a divers that wear a watch or yeah. pilots that wear a watch. It's like everybody. If, if, you have all aspects of an entire industry wearing a common timepiece or a common accessory, then you can you can introduce, you can make introductions to people, help people get jobs, help people get out of a rut. Uh, during the pandemic, that was probably one of the biggest times I saw 
our crew really get together as a crew because in the airline industry, I mean, that was decimated. So was mm-hmm. the diving industry, just tourism in general gone. And that meant a lot of people had been fired or furloughed. They didn't know how they were going to get their next paycheck or when it was going to come. And they were dealing with all the stresses of having to do at-home schooling or, um, Lord forbid, they had health issues uh, themselves or within a close member of the family. So there's just a lot going on. And one of the things that we were doing, because we were like, gosh, we need to get we need to get everybody together because it's our customers who are hurt uh, probably more so than maybe some other industries. And so we started doing zoom meetings where we would go over how can we spend quality time during the day um, just to get through a day. How can we, who's looking for jobs, who's furloughed, what is going out there, what's going on out there in the job industry for the aviation, for the dive, for the automotive, for the racing, for the tourism, like what's going on there. And we were continually, I think we did like, um, we probably did two or three months worth of just a weekly Zoom meeting to just bring customers together from all over the world and try and see how we could help. And there were some good things that happened out of that. People were getting jobs, people were connecting, and people were just helping support. And that's really what this is, because I, I don't know if I told you guys during Women in Aviation, but one of my favorite stories of a crew member, she credits the company with helping her get a pilot's job at Delta. And I say, no way. This is all you, girl. This is not the watch that you were wearing during your interview. But when you do an airline interview, you're typically in a group. And at Delta, I suppose, I've never, this is hearsay, what she told us. um, It was a group of 40 people. She was one of just a couple women in the group. And what you do is you go in at the beginning of the day at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, the whole group is there. And there's typically a chief pilot from a base that will speak to the group as a whole and kind of give them the the layout of what the day is going to bring. And then throughout the day, uh, another chief pilot will kind of come in and pull one at a time and do like a private interview in another room. So, uh, and that's how I've interviewed at a variety of airlines as well when I flew for the airlines. So it makes total sense how that happens. So she was there, she's up in the front row and this base chief pilot, also a woman, is talking about what they're going to be doing for the whole day. And she interrupts her own speech and she says, excuse me, are you wearing an Abingdon watch? Oh man. And (laughs) she's like, I am. And she kind of, she's like, is that the Jackie? And she said, yeah. She's like, I got that one on too. And the two of them kind of like just, and she's like, I couldn't believe it. And at the break, the base chief pilot came up to her and talked to her and asked her like, oh, when did you get your watch? How long have you had it? I got mine here when I upgraded to captain and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of, they built rapport over this watch, over one of these watches. So, and then she ended up getting the job. And that's when she told us like, it was your watch who got me the job. I'm like, no, 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 no. You share your simulator flying and all the other things, (laughs) but thank you. I'm so glad it helped. And that's the thing with a really, with a quality watch, right? Is you, you're not wearing an Apple watch into a job interview. You're Mm -hmm. wearing your nice piece, your nice watch. And when you want to make a good impression. And so going back to the crew and what that means, I mean, we're still a smaller brand that when you see somebody in a room and they're wearing an Abingdon watch, 
you have this urge to go and talk to them and Mm -hmm. find out who they are because you know they are going to be badass in some way. Mm -hmm. You don't know how, but you're going to find out. (laughs) And and that's just, it's just kind of how these women are. And it's awesome. I love it. No, I think that's great. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what me and Callan have talked about for years now. It's like, it's the people that this hobby and industry like connects us to. And Mm -hmm. it's different. There's just like, there's not a lot of the same because like, okay, you can look at the car, you know, enthusiast, but when you're in a car and you're driving down the street and someone else is driving the same car, okay, you might give them a wave if you're in a Jeep or whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. other than that, you're not talking to them, right? Right. You're driving past each other. But when you see a watch that may be the same watch or you're a fan of that brand, you're usually close enough to A, recognize the watch, which means that you can go up to that person and talk about it. And it's like this instant friendship. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I love that about this this hobby and this industry as yeah. a whole. It's just, it's something so personal. And um, that's an incredible story. I'm, I'm super glad she got the job, but um, yeah, that's that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that I, I love about your brand too, is that, you know, you're, <laughs> you could have said, all right, I'm going to make ladies watches and they're going to be small. They're going to be tiny because that's women have smaller wrists, but you didn't. You're like, I'm going to make watches that are functional and that no one else is making for women right now. Like we have a ton of brands that are making great tool watches. Me and Catlin own several, but there's none that are like, this is designed for women. They're like, Mm -hmm. these are designed for men. Women might like them. They might wear them, whatever. But like with your watches, you design them specifically for women and they're functional and there's so many complications on them and things that I wouldn't have even thought of. And you've thought about every single detail that a a pilot might need or a diver might need beyond what I even see a lot of other brands using. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're when you're doing these activities and you're you're literally diving with them or you're racing with them and you're feeling how it's hitting that bone right up at the top of your wrist or you're, you know, knowing that most women do wear a wetsuit when they dive. So you need to have a wetsuit expander hidden under the buckle. It just needs to happen. Um, Or making the silicone straps extra long. Silicone is a wear and tear item. You can cut it down if you need, but if you need to wear it over a dry suit, then you want to make sure your strap's not too short. So doing things like that, it's it's critical to the use case. Um, I don't know if you've ever looked on the inside of the, I should say like the sides of the metal links, but you'll typically notice from the case um, the first three links coming off the 12 o'clock or coming off the six o'clock side don't have a removable pin. And when you have a very wide buckle that's one to two inches long, depending on the buckle that you're using for your watch, you could, there are some women's wrists that are so small that it still dangles when mm-hmm. you cannot remove one of those six links on either side of the top and bottom of the watch. Yeah. And so it I when I started customizing the metal straps because I was having that problem with some crew members, they were like, ah, can we take out more links? And I'm like, gosh, that's so strange. Those three links at the top and the bottom, they don't have pins that you can remove yeah. the links with. Mm-hmm. So why not customize a metal strap and put removable pins all the way up to the case? Yeah. Just there's no reason not to. No. So, um, so let's just do it. So that's what we did. And 
it just um, it makes for a better experience. And it, it we want to get the three of us. I know want to get more women in the watch industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the watch industry that also feel the same way. So we should definitely take their word and take their consideration in when we are designing and manufacturing watches. Yeah. And I think that's something that me and Catlin noticed too, is like, you know, you're, you're out there and you're talking to them and you're listening to them and you're, you're, you're actually doing what your customers, your crew members need, you know, and, and we just don't see that. I think all these bigger companies, you know, they, they spend all this money on marketing and things like that, but I don't think they really know what women want. They think they know what we want. And I think some brands are in the right direction. Um, but it's just so slow <laughs> to be honest. It's such a slow growth, yeah. but Hey, you know, we, yeah. we will give credit where credit is due. <laughs> things are changing and it, the, you know, it's looking better out there, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's such an amazing thing. And we're so happy that we discovered your brand because, I mean, I just, I am, I'm so surprised to see like actual tool watches made for women and they're serious pieces and you have the choice. Like if you want a quartz piece, great. You have offerings. If you want an automatic, great. You have offerings. It's just like, there's so many options. And I think that's what we just, we need. We don't have options right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's so refreshing to, to see that. Well, and especially when you, you know, for, for a brand like yourself, like what you were mentioning, you're, for a lot of these women, you're their first watch like their first actual real watch and I think being able to see that as a woman being able to see that there are actually options out there and not you know going to a traditional watch store and seeing only a few pieces that you know you can't wear or don't really suit your style you have so much variety and I think that that really makes a big a big difference for sure yeah. um I'm actually I'm, I'm curious because you know, so when we talk about when we talk about both watches and aviation, it is a very male dominated world. Mm-hmm. Like in mm-hmm. both, you were mentioning, I think that you said seven percent uh, of pilots are female. So how yes. how have the similarities been in trying to start a watch company, which has ultimately been quite successful, and being a pilot and going through that journey as well as a woman? Well, I didn't. I, I kind of tripped my way into the watches because um, I'm definitely a pilot who started a watch company mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how male dominate, dominated the watch industry really is too. So that was just something that um, took me a little bit by surprise because I thought watches were much more universal. And with uh, with regards to that 7%, just to kind of give you a an idea of what that means. That means 28,000 women in America have a pilot's certificate of some sort. So um, it's 28,000 is the 7%. Okay. And that is definitely a small market. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. Like I get why other companies are not, not making watches for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, to me, I mean, I was 22 when I started the watch company. So, and I got a psychology degree with an emphasis in neuroscience and wanted to be a pilot. The idea of starting a business, doing market research, I probably would have market researched my way out of not starting the business. <laughs> but because, <laughs> because I, I had really selfish reasons, I wanted my own watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I figured, you know what, I'm just going to make some for my friends and I. And, we'll, uh, and if this goes, great. And if it doesn't, well, we all have a pilot's watch. And I didn't expect it to take off as well as it did. And then 
on top of that, I actually thought, um, much to my naivety, that the watch brands that are making aviation watches would recognize the market. I was really looking forward to having major competition in the earlier years where some of the companies that are around the same price point as my watches would come out with um, an aviator style watch for women, realizing that, oh, look at all this press that this Abingdon watch 22 year old is getting. Um, let's let's come out with something because for them, it's it's so much easier than it would be for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and nobody ever did. Wow. So I was like, well, I'm just going to keep on coming out with more because I keep getting requests for different colors and different features and uh, and all of that. So let's let's just keep doing it. I'm having fun. I'm going to all these air shows. I'm going to all these events. <laughs> I'm meeting these really cool women. I got advanced open water certified and I've got a customer who wants me to come out to cave dive with her in Mexico. And wow. I've got, you know, just like uh, I've got all these women that... Um, Honestly, I'm on cell phone with most of my crew members. That's amazing. And I don't know if there's a lot of CEOs watch brands that do that. I'm, maybe I shouldn't do that, but <laughs> they're too cool. Like yeah. I, I've got, you know, I mean, the, everybody from like some of the snowbirds up in Canada to the Thunderbirds here in Las Vegas that wear these watches. And it's, um, it's just, it's just a really neat, uh, I don't know if it was a, a mistake that I tripped into that ended up becoming a success. But really the market research dictates that there shouldn't be products made for such small niche groups of people. Mm -hmm. And yet if nobody else is going to do it, then I'll just make for every niche in that pie and just have a niche pie. Yeah. And it's, it's working out. Okay. So I'm going to keep on doing it. That's amazing. No, I think you have to, I mean, that's, it's, it's needed and and I'm sure that all of your crew members and, and your future crew members are gonna appreciate it, you know, and they know the thoughtfulness that you put into these pieces. And um I think it also says something like when you when you're in that field, when whether you're a diver, or whatever, and a pilot and you see other women wearing these watches, it's gonna it's gonna influence you to wanna pick one up as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can see mm-hmm. that they're tough and they can handle the watches can handle it and they see them in action and I mean, that that to me is the best advertising, right? Is to see someone actually using the watch as it's supposed to yeah. be used. <laughs> um, but so so tell us a little bit, like, when you're not, you know, running your watch company, uh, are, you, are you still flying? Or, you know, what do you do on the side? What do you do for fun? Um, and where, where is your brand based out of? I don't know if we've already mentioned that or not. Mm-mm. We're based here out of Las Vegas. And uh, we're right downtown in the Arts District. So anybody that comes in for JCK, Couture, any of the, the big shows here in Vegas, by all means, please, we'd love to host you over here and give you a, a break from the strip. Um, also, we're, we're, we've taken on the, the personality, too, of Zappos, which, was, which is based here, too. You, they have a, a thing where you can call their customer service and they'll even help you order pizza. Wow. Like you don't even have to call about shoes. So um, we kind of do the same thing here. Uh, if anybody needs like a restaurant recommendation or they want to find something to do or they need, you know, a hookup with the helicopter tours, going out to the Grand Canyon, anything like that. We're huge on hosting and making it a pleasant experience when you come to Las Vegas. So by all means, you do not even need to be part of our crew. Like just call us. And if you need a good place for a restaurant rep, then I'm sure any one of my customer service um, people will be able to help you out with that. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) 
I personally love to eat. So uh, Las me Vegas too. is the perfect yeah, city for me. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I definitely love most of my close friends here are in the food and beverage industry. And so I'm going out to the bars and the nightclubs and the restaurants and things like that. I'm constantly trying new culinary, uh, new chefs selections, new places and all of that. Um, I definitely still fly. I'm getting checked out in a Cirrus aircraft, which is a small personal airplane, four seats. Um, it's got a propeller on the nose mm, and uh, it's it's small. Yeah, it's like a car That's with wings. It's like shuddering in the corner here. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a fear of small planes. I don't know where it comes from. I've never even been on one. I just have a fear of them. I don't know why. Well, we need to we need to talk about that. I don't know because I've been, I've been with her on a small plane, which arguably is is a large plane, and I don't yeah I don't know that she well, could go smaller. You may like the Cirrus. I used to be a demo pilot for them um, back in two thousand seven. Uh, the whole plane has a parachute built in it for the plane. I don't think you're selling her. I don't think so because. <laughs> no, can I feel turbulence? I think that's where that's where cats' problems are. <laughs> do you do you cook? I do yes. I cook rarely. Right. <laughs> my okay. husband, you, my wonderful husband, does most of the cooking here. Beautiful, good husband. Can I can so I much. teach you a little bit about turbulence? Sure. Okay. So does he cook on the stove? Yes. Okay. Does he have multiple pots on the stove uh, uh, from time to time? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so like if you're making spaghetti, you're boiling the water in the big pot and mm-hmm. you're cooking the sauce in the small pot on yeah. simmer or something like that, right? So if you take your hand and you just go above the pots and you feel the heat rising from the pots and you just kind of like wave from one pot over to the other pot, mm-hmm. you're going to feel a difference in heat, right? One's going to be super hot and the other one's not going to be as hot, yeah? yeah? Well, if you think about the earth as a giant stove, it's got heat constantly rising off of the surface. But when you have mountains, which you guys are near the Appalachian Mountains, we're here tucked in a valley. Vegas is surrounded by mountains. When you have that airplane flying at a constant altitude, it's like that hand moving over the heat that's Mm -hmm. rising off the earth. So when you hit turbulence, you're typically flying over uneven terrain. And that's where you get those bumps. It's just like the heat coming off a stove. It's okay. Huh? That's interesting. I did. I never. I never knew that. I just thought it was like, oh, there's like a storm or something, and there's bad weather. I mean, nope. sometimes you hit bad weather, but like that sure. makes a lot of sense. Do you want yeah. to take a small it's just plane now? Rising. I still don't want to take a small plane, but that uh, it, it makes <laughs> we'll me feel better. Then. It makes me feel better that that's just a normal thing that happens, and we're yeah. not, you know, gonna crash and die. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man that's that's cool well it's it's awesome to hear that you're still obviously flying you're you're still doing things and you know i i want to go back just a little bit um to the watches because there was something really interesting and i can't remember what exactly it was for but you had a watch that on the back of the strap there was like a ruler Mm -hmm. am i remembering that right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jane. The Jane. Okay. And what was that? What was that to measure? It can honestly be used to measure anything. We just had somebody on social media um, uh, give us a shout out. She uses it to measure when she's quilting. Oh. And I don't quilt, so I'm not quite sure what it's used for. But we've had um, a couple competition fisherwomen are using it to measure uh, what their catches are. Oh, wow. Because they can have it right there on site. So cool. Um, 
I've used it to measure just things around the house. I mean, I don't know. I always need a measuring tape. I keep a measuring tape on one of those little keychain ones on it too. So putting one on the back side of the watch just made total sense to me. Mm -hmm. And since we were doing it on a tactical watch, because that was our first entry when we got into Nexcom last year uh, with the Navy and the Marines, we're now on all four of the exchanges. So Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marines. And to go kind of like celebrate that announcement, we wanted to come out with a watch that not just had the ruler, but also had an American movement in it from FTS, AmeriCorps down in Phoenix. Oh, very cool. And uh, a compass as well. So you can use the hands and the sun to have a fully rotating compass on the inside chapter ring. So cool. That's so amazing. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I again, just coming back to the functionality of the watches, you know, I, I would say if you're a guy and take a look at these watches, they're not all of your pieces are, are I could see a lot of men rocking these pieces. They're, yeah. they're not small, like I said. And, and I think um, there would be a lot of guys that were interested in them too. And if you're listening to this podcast today, please go to her website and check them out. Um, if not for someone, a female in your life, just for yourself too, because I think a lot of pieces are very gender neutral and would go well on anyone's wrist, really. Definitely. Yeah, we just came back from a big air show in Florida and got a video testimonial from a guy who's had his watch now for three years. He owns a marina. He's a big diver, master diver. Uh, I think he's even a dive instructor. And he was like, you know, most of the watches that I've ever gone diving with, they fail right around the 120 mark, unless it's the Rolex. The Rolex will keep. But um, most of my dive watches don't go past 120. He's like, I've taken this thing down to 140 several times. It's completely held up. It's my daily. I wear it all the time. And he happened to be wearing it at the air show. So it was it was cool to hear his story because uh, he's he's definitely tested it out. And it's a solid 40 millimeter titanium case comes with an extra silicone strap, automatic 40 hour power reserve dive watch. Cool. Everything you'd want in a, in a dive yeah. watch. <laughs> Checked all yep. the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so one thing that that surprised me and Catelyn, we were we were digging through your website uh, before we, we mm-hmm. hopped on with you. And we didn't realize that you have a few retailers actually in the United States. I don't think we talked about that. Or if we did, I, I've forgotten. But can you tell us a little bit more about, I think there was, there was like seven-ish yeah. states that you can go pick up one of your watches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had um, a retailer network now for about 10 years. And I think right now the domestic ones show up if you're in the United States. And then we have an international website that show up for some of our international retailers as well. Oh, cool. Um, South Africa, Australia, Europe, various places. And, uh, and then we are going to be launching in Macy's next month in May. Um, so wow. that's very exciting. You'll so be exciting. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, and so our retailer network is definitely growing. And um, we were uh, uh, in the Caribbean a lot until the pandemic. Um, so there may be some retailers who have survived who still have some product there. You can find them in some duty-free and things like that. Um, but yeah, most of our retailers are boutique. We list everybody on our site so that you can call ahead, make sure that they have the style that you're looking for before you show up. Um, and if need, we can always just send one to our retailers for you to go check it out there. Well, that's incredible. I mean, I think a lot of times with the smaller brands, that's, that's the big thing is like, you can't go and you can't physically check them out. 
And oftentimes a lot of people are hesitant to purchase one online without seeing it. But it's great mm-hmm. to hear that you you do have retailers and they're about to f- be able to find you in Macy's. Like that's such an incredible thing. Like yeah. uh, so amazing. So amazing and well-deserved too. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe you guys can come out to New York and uh, launch with me. That would That'll be, be amazing. That would Any be awesome. excuse to go to New York. <laughs> Callan's raising her hand. She's like, let's go. Like, let's go. Officially invited. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Well, let's, um, before we wrap up, let's talk about the direction. So uh, obviously this is a big thing, you know, being available in Macy's, but like, where else do you see the brand going in in the next few years? Uh, You're going to see it everywhere. I'm doing, I'm working harder than ever. Uh, Our growth right now is exponential. We just finished quarter one. I'll kind of get businessy on you for just a second, (laughs) but um, our quarter one numbers came back and they are better than quarter four of last year, which everybody knows like with a product quarter four is your, it's your holiday quarter. Mm -hmm. So that's when everybody sales are the highest. And we just beat quarter four with a quarter one. Like that's, that's uh, the trajectory of the brand is just skyrocketing right now. So um, we do have, uh, there are a few other retailers that are launching right around the same time as Macy's. And then we're also in discussions with um, doing kind of some big partnerships with some other organizations that you would be well familiar with. And, uh, and so I can't really say anything about that right now, but um, basically in the next two to three years, uh, this will not be like an independent micro brand anymore. It's going to be a mainstream. Dang, that's so exciting. We just like, we've got goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's so incredible. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's really amazing. Uh, Well, we're excited. Are there, I assume there's going to be more models. There's going to be more watches. And um, is there anything new on the horizon? Like, like really soon that we can look out for? Uh, yeah, yeah. I give it 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I would follow us on social media. Yeah. We'll make the announcement there. I'd get on the newsletter list. We'll make the announcement there. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you'll uh, you'll see something big. Awesome. And, and we'll say just from following your Instagram page too, like you're super active on there. There's posts all the time. It's just great. It's a great page to follow, even if you're not even into watches, which I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you weren't into watches. <laughs> a, little, but- a little specific of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, 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 we love your page and, and we love seeing you, you post a lot about your crew members and, and just awesome, awesome people. And um, yeah, please, inspiring please, people. Inspiring people. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely give Abington and Co the, a follow on Instagram. We'll be sure to tag them in the show notes and everything else. But, um, well, Abingdon, it was so awesome to talk to you. I've said awesome a lot in this episode. <laughs> like, I've, we need to like, you know, have a have a counter, like a ding counter uh, for this one. But Turn no, it into a drinking game. A drinking game, exactly. That'll be fun. <laughs> but it was great, great talking to you again. You're, you're, so, you're so easy to just kind of sit back and chat with. And I yes. feel like we could go on for hours. And we, you know, maybe we'll have you back someday. I, I don't know. We don't know. But, uh, but it was great to have you. And thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us today. This has been my pleasure. Hopefully next time, maybe I can join you guys on that couch. It looks super comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, um, again, we'll be sure to link your website and Instagram page and everything else on uh, our our socials and and show notes. I'm I'm trying to think of like what else we... It's been a while since we've been a podcast. I'm looking at Cal and ready for her to do the outro. I'm not sure. Am I doing the outro? Do you remember how to do do it? No. (laughs) 
It's been forever. <laughs> oh, it's something like, you know, uh, give us a follow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can follow us along on Instagram uh, <laughs> at 10 and 2 Media. And we'll be sure to tag um, all of the Abington's information as well. Be sure you guys go follow her on social media, um, Abington Watch Co. And then, yeah, uh, keep up with everything going on. And I'm sure we'll be back for another episode at some point soon. Yeah. Maybe. Ish. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. I love your guys' podcast. It's been a pleasure being oh, on. Here you're with you. so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for thank you for joining us today. But also thank you for the invitation to the uh the women in aviation yeah. conference. Because I, I know like we both couldn't stay as long as we would have wanted to. But it was very inspiring. It was very like we we've spoken about that day so much since especially just being, you know, women in in careers that are traditionally very male dominated mm-hmm. and how how amazing and uplifting it was to see so many women supporting each other. Um so we we genuinely appreciate that and it was great to meet you in person. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. Well, thank you. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye everybody. Bye.